Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The New Nasty Boys. I'm your co-host this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you decide to watch or listen to this thing, Billy DeVore, and sitting next to me is my co-host... Chris Weir! What's up, Nasty Nation? Welcome to The Fart Dungeon. The Fart Dungeon! We're in it. We're doing it. It's February 19th. Tomorrow, or by the time you're listening to this, which will be Tuesday, everyone will have reported to camp. Yeah, including us. We'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to we No gotta... teams. Uh, we'll be there. I got some spikes. Yeah, I got my, <laughs> I got my tent. Uh, I got, I got a, a baseball bag. No bats. I got, got some old like Christmas tubes I've shoved in there. <laughs> and our pickleball set. Yeah. <laughs> we're ready to go. We'll be there. Oh, buddy. Oh, man. I can't. I cannot wait for baseball season. Last week was such a tease with how beautiful it was at the beginning of the week. And then we just got totally pummeled with snow on Friday. <laughs> yeah, we did. It was just like, man, this feels like baseball. We're ready to go. And then it's like, well, hold on. Quick reminder, it is still winter. Still winter. The groundhog uh, told us nothing. I, I was laughing a second ago because like, it was it looked nice out and pretty with like all the snow like on our deck. And I was like, man, it is just like pretty, pristine, white, you know, blank. And I was like, I got to draw a penis on that. <laughs> it happened. Drew a penis on that. I tried to like also write queef above it. <laughs> But it uh, didn't really work out too well. Uh, great, you know, for, for packing snowballs. Not the greatest for, for writing, but got a nice dick pic in there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was excited. So you made that, what, Saturday? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I was going to ask how your weekend was, but I've already heard the highlight. Oh, yeah. It was the bee's knees. <laughs> couldn't have been better. Couldn't have been better. That's, that's amazing. And- I, I, uh, <laughs> I got drilled with a few snowballs. Oh, you did now? I, I did. I did. We went out... Uh, what Friday night we went to the FCC kit launch. Alicia and I we were at that fun little private event. Got to see the jerseys for the first time. The whole jerseys short combo, you know, soccer stuff, and it was pretty cool. And then we met up with Graham, and he started just pelting me with snowballs. So yeah, yeah I got hit with at least three. Mm-hmm. That's it. Was it worth it for him? He had a great time. Yeah, me. I was just like, oh, this is normal. How are the kits? They look nice. Dude, they're so sick. Yeah? They they don't... A lot of people are like, man, they look white. But when you have them and you see them in person, they are a more natural cream color. That's the tone. They're very clean. Mm -hmm. They needed a clean kit. They had... Last year, they had the river kit. You know, the big river going through the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And then the year before that, they had the city flag embossed in it. So you kind of just needed like a normal, just kind of boring... Palette cleanser from what we were used to seeing there. I like that. Yeah, you don't. Not everything can be. Doesn't. Not everything has to be wild. Yeah, some of the best designs are the ones that just don't demand your attention. You know, there's not. They're not doing a lot. They're just letting the, the colors speak for themselves. I agree, and that's what that that's what that kit does. And it has some really cool piping on the sleeves mm-hmm. that like interchange orange and royal and go like around in the back. And then the back of it says "Make your mark." Like this mm-hmm. is the canvas kit, as in like. Make it your own or whatever. So oh, nice. It's pretty cool. Cool message. Cool kit. 
just excited. Home openers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'll be there for that. Nice, buddy. Yeah. Then the CONCACAF champions. That's Wednesday, so I'll be there for that. But this is no soccer podcast. How was your weekend? It was pretty tight. Liked it. <laughs> Drew that penis, man. Still riding that high. <laughs> the coolest thing, too, about it is like when it started to, to like uh, melt and everything, the area that I cut out just left the dick. <laughs> so I was like a two-day different like dick. Oh, dude. It was the best. Uh, I did do some comedy. I went to... Uh, <laughs> I think you did enough comedy in your backyard. It was so much fun. It was like a couple-day-long bet. Yeah, it was fun. I got to. It was a work of art. It truly was. A work of fart. A work of fart. There we go, buddy. Come on, you knew it was coming. Yeah, it, it was a, a hard piece. Uh, I went to Cleveland <laughs> at the attic, performed there. Isn't that Columbus? Columbus. Oh yeah, it was Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> Cleveland, C-town. Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. It was the capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great, dude. I'd never been there before. It was a fun uh, little club that uh is super fun that's awesome yeah seamer was there too chris seamer a uh, friend of the potty closed out he fucking rocked it dude he, he was the comic they needed at the end of the night oh just to yell at him be be gross and be a guy oh he was in his element dude he was just fucking bobbing and weaving no it was great he that's was awesome. he was really funny everyone did really well so fuck yeah kudos to that club did you see those headshots today oh they're nice oh yeah dude look like yeah. a fucking villain yeah he looked awesome yeah <laughs> he looked great Oh, he should have done with his shirt off and showed his like sad uh, uh, Batman tattoo. (laughs) Just so we can get the good origin story. Oh yeah, it can be like a real life like uh, smile and like uh, like the the faces of theater laughing. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. Humor, drama. Yeah, he's together. got like a fucked up tattoo in his arm. It looks like a depressed Batman. <laughs> yeah. And he looked like an evil villain in these headshots he just got. They're so good. Mm. God, they're great. Um, I'm doing shots with him on Friday. Shout out, Andrew. Shout out, dude. I can't wait for you to shoot this mug. He's like, I got some ideas. And I'm like, after seeing that, I'm like, you can't make me look like a villain. Yeah. Dude, I'm too jolly. Yeah, dude. Uh, you're going to have a good time. He's done uh, some of mine uh, before, too. Yeah, he's done a couple things. That one, we did one at Camp Washington Chili that was really fun. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Those were my last batch. He's done uh, all of my headshots. It was the chili batch. Chili batch. Uh, so, yeah. So, for Thursday, Attic. Saturday morning, dick in the yard. Correct. And then just farted around Sunday? Yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. That sounds great. I ran on the treadmill, too. I felt great about it. Whoa! I know. I'm trying to get back in a regimen here. I'm also trying to... Trying to cut back on the drinking Sundays. Those are my days where I get to uh, just kind of relax and drink. Oh, oh, dude. Uh, also, before I forget, Lauren, my wife, uh, she had her opening night uh, this weekend. So Friday, that was a big thing. So and she did great. So shout out to the St. Joseph Drama Club and my wife, Lauren, upstairs. Did great, babe. You did great. Uh, no, they did a really great job. And it's like it's like a community theater, but they perform to like, it was like 600 plus people. Like it's, it's huge. It was at my old uh, grade school. And it's in this big cafeteria, and it's just completely packed to the gills. They've been doing it since, like, I want to say the 70s, 80s, something like that. It's been going on for a long time, but she picked that up, like, uh, seven years ago. She started getting affiliated with that. But that was a uh, a fun thing, Friday nice. night. Queen of the Fart Dunge ripped it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's awesome. And then how long does it run? Uh, they have three weeks. Uh, they got Friday, Saturday. And the next week, Friday, Saturday, with a Sunday matinee, and then last week, Friday, Saturday. That's not bad. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats. Shit. Yeah. Well, go see her. Go do it. Yeah, St. Joseph's Drama Club. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Mm-hmm. What'd you got? 
Uh, what you got going on? What you got? So I did the kick launch Friday. Saturday uh, was Saturday night was Don't Tell. Mm. And I can tell you where it was now because it happened. It was at the Hilltop in Mount Adams where I used to run a show. It was called Calle Cantina. Remember that whole mess that of That was a debacle and I loved it. It was so much fun. I, yeah. I try to hit that mic like all the time. Yeah, but we had a good time. We always kept it lighthearted. We knew it was like not going well at the end. It was going to close. So they when they were like, hey, do you guys just want to bartend? It was like ran like a pickup basketball game. Like the way like who, whoever was running bar was also running the mic. And then like like the real bartender would show up like 1030 p.m. who was like sleeping underneath. <laughs> yeah. And like in the beer beer cooler. Beer, which was like just half cooler, half office. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I finally got it. Yeah, I'll close up, do the paperwork for you guys. I'm like, all right. So there's, there's no paperwork. There's no paperwork. There's none. Yeah, there's like, you know, it's sold out at 50, packed room, super great show. Um, and then uh, a little hopped around town a little bit afterwards. And then um, yesterday, dude, I did absolutely nothing. That's awesome. Just laid on the couch. I started watching soccer in the morning, some English Premier League. And then I would fall asleep. And I'd wake back up, and then the one match would start, and I'd fall back asleep. And I woke up, and I put it on college basketball, and I would fall asleep, and I'd wake back up. Mm. And just kept hopping sports for the whole day, and then just napping and watching. Oh. I bet you waking up in, like, different uniforms every time, like, different, <laughs> like, soccer kits <laughs> and uniforms, different hats. Oh, oh what happened? <laughs> Billy is wearing a Drexel jersey. <laughs> How that happened? Where did he get that? <laughs> it was so fun to just wake up. It's like, oh, I didn't know I bought a Tyrese Halliburton All-Star jersey. This is cool. <laughs> Trucker hat. <laughs> Wrestling socks. <laughs> Dogs just chew. It's just a pile of the jerseys on the dog. She's like, mm. It's great. So it was perfect. And then had today mostly off and uh, posted, you know, my first, my first chili reel of the week because it's chili week. Oh, baby. Yeah. You were telling me about that. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but I heard it's doing well. It's doing great. We're having a good time. Having a good time. Um, so check it out if you want to watch me eat another chili creation. Oh, man. I still got that video saved on my computer of that chili luge. I need to hide it. <laughs> I get a little sick every time I see that. It's like a folder, and it's like the first image that's on the folder. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Just us pounding Malort while yeah. Sky Rosa. Probably one of the best things we've ever done. It was pretty incredible. I'm, I'm a little proud, and uh, you know what? Not at all ashamed. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> now I've had some time to no. think and stew about it. No. So, well, chili, technically kind of a stew. <laughs> that was the malort. <laughs> that was, oh, there it is. Oh, boy. I had malort on Friday. Alicia snuck it in. I was like, yeah, can I get a shot of bourbon and a high life? And it came over. She's like, she took a sip, and then she handed it to me. I was like, okay. And I shot it, and I went, oh, Lord! <laughs> you dirty gal. <laughs> you dirty, dirty gal. I love you. Uh, it was great. I was just so happy while everybody else at the table was like, you're disgusting. <laughs> it's a weird treat. It, it, it's word. bad, but it's also fun. It's so good. Uh, I don't care what you say. It's like, it's just like a like a butterscotch paint thinner. And then your, your stepdad punches you in the jaw. <laughs> It's like if you pour, if you miss your mouth and it goes like down your shirt, it burns your chest hairs. Yeah, it's it's it works. It is nair. It was uh, uh, at the bar we did the blinkers. Oh, Binsky's. Binsky's. They were doing uh, shots of Malort out of an ashtray, which was so appropriate. <laughs> it's the most perfect thing ever. Yeah, I haven't been back. I need to go see Keel and say what's up. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. So 
Yeah, it was, a, I would have to say, a very good, successful, very busy weekend. We crushed it. Real proud of this dude. Hell yeah, dude. God, did you take any pictures of the dick? I did. I did. I, I okay, took a I little to video, too. I'll post it. Oh, my God. Send it to me so I can put it into a reel. Okay. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, tomorrow, big day. Well, today, you're watching, listening, whatever that may be. Um, the Reds are all now fully reported. Mm-hmm. They're all in camp. It's go time, babies. Yeah, they're all packed up. They got their, all their pajamas out. They're, they're good, man. They're, good. they're having a ball. <laughs> no, so someone, I, I guarantee you, Graham Ashcraft's the one who brought the log starter. There's a log starter? The fire starter for camp. Oh, okay. Come yes. Uh, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Gotta go. I know. You knew I was going to make a real dumb, another real dumb camping joke. <laughs> well, there'll be more. There'll be more. And it's going to be probably very intense. Bro, plenty of time for it. I think today. you might have missed that one. I said intense. Oh, Sorry, that was such a dad one. I shouldn't get credit for it. No, it was good. I'm mad I missed it because mm. I was just so excited to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. God. And I just, you just let you blaze the trail and I got to mm. follow it. <laughs> God I damn. Really went fishing for that one. Hey, come on. All right. Let's, All get, right. let's get back on the trail. Let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> We're getting the weeds on this one. Woo! Buddy, pack your sunscreen. It's camp time. Let's do it. Um, start off, the Reds designated Levi Stout for assignment and picked up Bubba Thompson again. I think that that's like the, they signed him, then dropped him, and now they signed him again. Uh, Levi Stout was quickly picked up by the Mariners. He was a part of the uh, Luis Castillo trade. Uh, just never really popped off. You know, never really came to fruition for what we thought he was going to be. Um in 2023, he made his big league debut in April through 10.1 innings in the big leads, allowed 11 runs in those innings and walked eight batters. His time in AAA, 6.23 ERA in 82 and a third innings spread out over 25 games that saw him walk 50 batters, hit seven others, and strike out 58. Not great. Yeah, those numbers together aren't getting it done. 50 batters walk, that's uh, not good. If you can't uh, at least be uh, productive or have like good like spin rate or anything, you got to at least be accurate. <laughs> and he, he was none of these things. He was none. He, he walked, didn't strike people out, and gave up runs. I think that is the combination of someone who just doesn't have it right now. Uh, what was very interesting is that he uh, went out and talked shit immediately. Yeah, not a good look. He just said about the development, it was different. It was a little bit of, I'd say, lack of direction in my sense. It was kind of not much of a philosophy. It was kind of go play baseball and we'll help you along the way. Well, to me, that sounds like pitching development. Yeah, they see what you got and they kind of tweak like your uh, direction for as far as coaching to like what you're, you know, tracking for. So, and you just clearly weren't getting it done in any of these facets. So, yeah, maybe talk shit. That's. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. And just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm really happy to be back in Seattle. Yeah, sure. They have a great pitching program and great pitching development. We've seen it happen with all the dudes that they've brought up, and that, that train just does not stop. But it's not like the Reds are dog shit either. Yeah, the Reds have produced a, a lot of good pitchers as of late, and not to mention, uh, why would you do It's just a bad look. You know, if you're going to be going from one organization to the other, don't don't trash them on the way out. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to burn all the bridges. I know there's a lot to get into this city, but just don't try to burn them all down. Yeah, it'd be one thing if he was crushing it, you know, with the team, but it just wasn't. It just wasn't happening. No, 
And it's just disappointing that he was, you know, the guy that I was excited about coming over, um, along with Edwin Arroyo and, you know, Novi Marte. But I was like, dude, watch out for Levi Stout. And we watched out, and he did not succeed in a Reds uniform. Kind of a bummer, but, like, whatever, man. You got to make room somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I mean, wish him the best. Uh, unfortunate, but uh, yeah. what are you going to do? No. Yeah, what are you, you going to do? And... That's a kind of a professional thing. It's like, don't you kind of want your bosses to not be as hands-on? Yeah, kind of let you work, let you operate. Yeah, look at that through another lens where he could have said, like, yeah, I really like the organization. They just kind of let you do what you got to do and let you develop the way you need to develop. And then they kind of tweak you based upon, like, how you're performing, you know? Yeah. So it could have gone either way. I think he was frustrated, probably mostly at himself, but was looking uh, for something else to, to complain to. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'll fucking just let it rip. I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, another thing that came out of camp... Uh, Nick Crawl and David Bell came out and said that Ellie will most likely play shortstop full-time. McLean will be at second with some shortstop, and India will play, quote, multiple spots. None of this is surprising. Yeah, it's pretty much echoing what everyone's been saying for a while. Yeah, it's just like, all right, you, they just move the curtain back a little bit more. Yeah. It'll just, you know, we've already seen some footage of India at first taking a double play that went from Ellie to McLean to India. You know, we'll see him working in the outfield this spring. So that's one I'm very interested to track. But again, not at all surprised. No. The guy who was negative in defensive run saves at the position and is one of the worst defending second basemen. Duh. Yeah, and they gave him ample time uh, in the previous couple seasons to really kind of like right the ship. I know there was injuries uh, at play too here, but yeah, I think like India probably probably just sat him down and says, "Look, you if you want to help this team as best as what you can here, this is how you're going to do it." I mean, Matt McClain has to be our everyday second baseman. Yeah, he's got too much potential. Like we've seen what he can do in in, in you know 82 games. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey man, if you can play 155 you know, most of a season. Mm -hmm. We're excited to see what you can do there and pretty good glove over there. Yeah. So you, 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 this is just all a very much duh. Let's do it. Figure it out with India. It'll just be interesting to see who gets bumped from the outfield rotation. Yeah. And I also want to see like, uh, how well India accepts this role. I mean, so far seemingly he's approaching it, uh, with a bit of uh, maturity, seemingly from yeah. what we've been able to tell but still preseason so hopefully uh yeah, yeah. No, no surprise here but we'll see uh, how everything just kind of shakes out well yeah he you know mclean came him up and he looked over and he was like yeah all right let's see what this little this little this little guy's gonna do and he's like oh this little guy's real good yeah he's phenomenal <laughs> yeah you take that wolf we'll i'll i'll figure it out so it's not like he has a choice it's more of just like hey do you want to play with this team Here's your options. Yeah, he just couldn't argue with the results that McLean was putting up, and he wasn't. No, one hundred percent. I think if anything, it bumps in the outfield rotation. It takes out Stuart Fairchild, but I mean Stuart Fairchild did not have a good year last year. No, he had some exciting pinch hits, but other than that, uh, he didn't have too much success when he was up uh, in a Reds uniform. No, he, he basically just filled a void of I can fill in in any outfield spot. And I can kind of hit lefties. Mm -hmm. So if that if that's what that means is that bumps Stuart Fairchild down, and you have to rotate in Fraley, Benson, and India, and Steer mm -hmm. and Friel. 
That's not a bad outfield. Defensively, it's not very good, except for DJ Friel. But outside of that, it's not bad when you can have those bats pick up when you have them in the lineup. So. Yeah, absolutely. You still have people to pinch hit, DH, and then we've seen how uh, lineups could you know uh, change due to injury or what have you, fatigue. So a lot of things can happen. Yeah, not, not too overly worried about it. Um, we lost a, a Reds legend. Um, R.I.P. Don Gallet, Reds pitching coach for a while, but also two-time World Series champ with the Reds. Yeah, he was. Dude. And I, Kentucky native. Kentucky native. Where Do you know where Lynn, Kentucky is? I don't. I, I think it's like around Lexington. Lee's dad texted. He's like, I watched him pitch in high school. Oh, wow. And then get drafted by the Reds. Were you about to type in Lynn Kin? I think you were. <laughs> Lynn Kin! I was typing like the abbreviation. Yeah. Lynn Grove, Kentucky. Holy shit, that's a logo I haven't seen in a long time. MapQuest. Oh, wow. That's what? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. Northeast Kentucky. So it's right by the West Virginia border. Well, how about that? Near Portsmouth, Ohio. Huh. Or Portsmouth, whatever it there is. There we go. Well, how about it? Now we all know where Lynn, Kentucky is. And that map quest is still a thing. <laughs> Who would have thought they would have been defunct by Google and Apple by now? Hold on. Let me just print out these directions real quick. <laughs> yeah. Do you need a highlighter? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hold okay, on. Okay. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. Uh, the years that he pitched for the Reds, I hadn't looked at his like overall stats. Uh, uh, and uh, An above average lefty. I mean, from 70 to 76, he had a 3.03 ERA, mm-hmm. 114 ERA plus, um, strikeouts per nine, 5.9, walks per nine, 3.1. So nothing over there jumps off the page, but just like a consistent above average lefty for the Reds and a stalwart of the rotation for the big red machine. Mm-hmm. Had about, what, 1,200 innings pitched over... Six years, yeah. Right. yeah. Which is, and then when '77 went over the Yankees, won another World Series. Yeah, that's uh, extremely impressive. You're not going to see uh, accolades like that with uh, anybody Mm-mm. too often anymore. Three World Series champion uh, seasons in a row, combined yeah. with um, uh, that. Just combined with with the amount of innings pitched is pretty crazy. So. That's all the stuff for the Reds from last week and then moving forward. Uh, we'll see what happens next week, but you know what? We'll be right here for it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we will. We'll be right here. We'll be right here in the Fart Dunge ready to talk about it. Now, the fun stuff. Uh, Rob Manfred's going to be done in January of 2029. Yeah, man. Uh, good riddance. Good riddance. I don't think I could think of a worse commissioner in baseball than this guy. He's such a heel. Like, I, universally a heel. I, I have never heard someone compliment Rob Manfred. No. Uh, I just always think of like him like practicing his golf swing, like when they're going over some really crucial like uh, contract deals. And showing he couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> Yeah, screw him. And how often do people like announce the resignation? Like what? Like five years out? Where are we at? Yeah, so it's his ten years. Like yeah, he's got five years left on his deal. I wasn't quite sure if that was like something where it's common practice, or he's just like, look, guys, I swear I'll be out in five. Like, five. don't kill me. Yeah, it's just like uh, when Jay Leno was handing the reins over to Conan. Yeah, he's like, I'll be done. You know, I'm gonna give the show up to Conan. 
in six years. We're like, okay, mm. you didn't. You, we all know that you didn't want to do this if you're saying it six years out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just felt your feet was getting a little too close to the fire, and you felt some pressure. Ugh. So, but hopefully, yeah, he'll be on his way out. Hopefully, uh, and he is. I mean, he'll be done. He'll be probably what. Early 70s by the time he's done. Enjoy. I don't understand these like multi-millionaires. I mean, he's probably got close to a billion dollars. Him? I don't think so. No. Not his net worth. Hmm. I wouldn't bank on that. Now, I will look it up. He's got enough to say he never has to worry about money ever again in his life. I don't understand why anyone wouldn't work past their 60s if you have that amount of money. Power, uh, baby. 40 million. 40. <laughs> was off by a lot. You're off. Yeah, you're off by a couple hundred million. Yeah, but still, I mean, I just wouldn't be working in my 60s. No, me either. If I could be like, yeah, comfortable, my kids are taken care of, my grandkids are fine. Yeah, dude, I'm out. I mean, like, st- like stand-up or like painting or something like that. Like any like non-stressful situation where, but like reporting to an office, why? You've made it. You're done. You don't have to listen to, you know, a bunch of old rich white dudes complain about a game that you are already ruining. Dude, I just couldn't see myself putting on a suit if I have a million dollars. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing this for? <laughs> no, 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 I'm done. I'm out. I could be in sweats right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this in sweats. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> done. I'm over it, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone saying anything positive about, about what Rob Manfred has done for baseball. If you really think about what he's done, he botched the investigation of the Houston Astros by giving all the players immunity and not having any real consequences or taking away the World Series title from a team that actively cheated. Yeah, they just brushed it under the rug. Just like, yeah, no, this isn't a big deal. Yeah, no, 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 don't look over here. This Dismantle the team. We'll come up with like uh, the pitch comms so that way we just never have to really deal with this happening again, <laughs> but never really isolating what happened and how we got here. <laughs> yeah, not not in any way, shape, or form. Oh, and then also uh, the Apple... What was it? The uh, what was it? The Apple Watch cheating sink scandal with the Red Sox too. Yeah, which wasn't too 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 bad, but the the Astros one pretty bad. And then turning around and calling the Commissioner's Trophy a piece of metal. Yeah, but he just keeps tripping over himself. It just it just keeps going. Yeah. And then the 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 COVID season, the fact that it was only sixty games was him siding with the owners when the players wanted to play. Yeah, all that could be. He had no sense of urgency with that. That was one of the things that really irritated me. He just, he just never seems to care either about the players nope. or the fans. Nope. No, he doesn't. Well, the thing with the, the with the shortened season, he was just like, yeah, the owners don't want to lose all these advertising bucks or the bucks that are going to come in that won't of people not being able to go through the turnstiles because of the coffee sneezies. So, like, I get, I get that you're missing out on that. But something that I talked about while it was even going on is they could have sold so many more banners and had so many more of those seats covered with advertising, just like they did in Korea. We were talking about that before that even happened because we were sharing like those videos of like, look at what they're doing here. They're having people rent out spaces and just having cutouts of their heads. Like this is the answer. They're going to have people be able to buy sponsorship to be in the stand. So when they can pan out there, it's like, there it is. There's a solution. And it took him so long to even get, like, remotely to that point. Well, it was intentional. It was fully intentional so they could shorten the season so they didn't have to pay the players as much. And ownership would continue to make hand over fist. Some clubs, I mean, I get it. There were some some small small franchises that 
got their ass handed to him, i.e. the Reds, because mm-hmm. they were going for it in 2020, signed a bunch of deals going, all right, we're really going to go for it. And then COVID happened, and then they had to shudder and figure out how to get out from underneath that rock and basically set them back two years, mm-hmm. three years to get to where they are today, which impressive that they did it in that amount of time. But overall, they could have played more games, and Rob Manfred did not want to negotiate with the well, the players' union and didn't and just stuck with the owners. It was like, no, I don't have to. This is wartime deal. Yeah, I'm a wartime commissioner. I make the rules. I'm a tyrant. Yeah, man. Uh, sit and spin, dude. No shit. Oh, and then combine that with locking the players out before the 2022 season started. Really cool. Not negotiating in good faith. Really fun guy. So after all of those, I can't think of one good thing. Uh, maybe the rule changes. But that wasn't like all him. That was a committee and a, a committee led by Theo Epstein. Not the island guy. <laughs> the Red Sox Cubs guy. Not the guy with the island. Yeah. Who spearheaded that changed the game made it better for worse and rob manfred is just like an active participant who gets to flaunt and say that well under my regime yeah okay yeah just while he was commissioner this thing happened and so hopefully uh through the sands of time he doesn't get remembered for these sorts of changes the positive effects of the changes but uh just for how we currently remember him yeah exactly and i think that's how it's going to move that's how it'll be going forward it'll be interesting to see how he handles this oakland to vegas move that can be a huge thing for him i mean there was no expansion of the league under his tenure the league did not get better yet he couldn't figure out the mishaps between you know we also had the the tampa ray montreal split season thing that was going to happen like there is so much more bad than i can remember with any other mlb commissioner considering there's only been two in my lifetime that i can remember with bud Selig yeah and him Trying to think of, I'm trying to be, uh, I do want to say that the, uh, not that I want to say, but I was trying to think like, okay, there's gotta be some like other positives here. I think the, uh, field of dreams game is fun. I think trying to have games at other locations is a fun idea, but I mean, I don't think that's, uh, was an isolated idea within, uh, Bud Selig. Yeah. Like the Mexico city series is really cool. The London series field of dreams, um, I mean, those are all very playing in South Korea mm-hmm. next season, like to start the season playing in Japan, the first three games, those, uh, Mariners and A's I think that wasn't that 2019 or 2018. I don't remember, mm. but either way, yeah, growing the, as a, as an international brand, he's, he's done a decent job, but there, I think there's so much more negative that I will always remember him for Yeah. than like those series that seemed inevitable because the NFL was doing it. You know? Yeah. Other sports were ahead of the curve on it and they were just following suit. Yeah. Baseball seems very far behind and it just, everything that good happened under Bud Selig happened despite him. You know, it wasn't because of him. Yeah. All in lieu of that, that piece of shit. So I, I mean, whatever, man. And one of the things that he said that I thought was interesting is that there needs to be a deadline for a signing period for free agents. Mostly because the big four still aren't signed. Um, you know, you've got Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. <clears throat> sorry, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, 
Cody Bellinger. Still haven't haven't signed. Do you think that's a necessity moving forward? I'm not sure if it's a necessity. It would be beneficial, I think, to the players, fans, and probably the teams to have like their organization, uh, at least their clubhouse, settled somewhat, at least going into spring training. Um, if they can figure out a way to do that, I know there's a lot of moving pieces with signing uh, players to new teams. But, yeah, if they can make that happen, I think that'd be uh, an improvement. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the biggest free agents being out there is so bad for the offseason. Because every sport is moving to basically there is no offseason. And mm-hmm. the king of that is the NFL. I mean, it, there's the only downtime in the NFL is the month of June and July. Mm-hmm. Everything else is, okay, we just had the Super Bowl last week. Okay, what happened after the Super Bowl? Well, now we're all just evaluating and getting ready for the draft in in April. Okay, the drafts happened. Now we're all just talking about how everything's going to fit. And then right after that is the free agency period. And all those free agents sign very quickly. And then there's the banter of getting that together. And then August comes around, camp. Then the season starts in September. There isn't a crazy long break. Whereas in baseball, we still have four of the biggest free agents not signed and everyone reported to camp today. Yeah, it's not that regimented as far as the signings go. No, it doesn't. It doesn't keep creating the buzz. You know, it doesn't keep the sport. It doesn't elongate the sport. It doesn't keep their window open. Yeah, it doesn't have the fans engage with them that much because there's not like uh, a definitive way to really like people that are fans of the NFL. They they watch the draft almost religiously because they're all in tune to it. There's a cycle to it. They know what happens next. And with baseball, it's effervescent sometimes Mm -hmm. as far as uh, signings and all these free agents go. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's so – and it's just like, well, we can just wait it out. And what the NFL has done that is so genius is they found a way to make someone filling out a spreadsheet a must-watch event. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Everyone's like, man, how much is this going to change my team? These seven rounds just mean so much. Whereas on the other side of the coin – the MLB has finally been airing the draft for the past like 15 years. I give a shit. You give a shit. But again, baseball players don't mo- most of the time coming out of the draft don't make an immediate impact like football. It's two very different processes. But still, the way that it's presented to the fans and given from the NFL versus MLB, two completely different ball games. And people are thrilled to watch one of them. And then dorks like myself are thrilled to watch the baseball one. Yeah, and it seems like, too, uh, with baseball, not just like with the draft, but even with like just watching games, they, they almost make you have to look and hunt for ways to consume what you want you know, with their product. Whereas football, it's already presented. It's already there. You know where it's at. Yeah. It's just unnecessarily difficult. Yeah, oh, of course, and especially the simple fact that Sunday mornings, if I want to watch my team, I just turn it on to network television, and I go, okay, who are they playing? They're playing an NFC team. Are they on Fox? They're on Fox. Great. Are they playing an NFC team? Cool. Then they're going to be on CBS. Oh, it's a primetime game? Then it's going to be NBC or ESPN or ABC, and I figure, and it's not hard to figure out, whereas I saw this today. On Reddit, someone posted, am I still going to be able to watch the Reds on Bally? It's impossible to watch the sport. Yeah, it's difficult. You have to coordinate with friends. You need to figure out like a way to do it. Whereas football, it's hard to avoid it. Even if you're not even a fan. It's just everywhere. 
Yeah. It's, it's super easy to consume. You could drive down Fountain Square, look up and look at the screen, and then the Bengals game is happening. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I could turn the TV and edit. The, there's so many different options to watch the NFL. With the Reds, it, it's difficult. Baseball in general, it's difficult to... You know, find the. I'm getting riled up right now in the off season. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 unnecessarily difficult just to watch a regular season game. You know, I'm 100 with you. I mean, the, I was talking with just like my mom about it. Huge baseball fan. She's like, "Yeah, I don't have cable anymore. I don't have. I'm not going to pay extra to have Directv Stream or uh, what's the one that you have? You have Fubo. Yeah. And the Reds are on Fubo. Those are the only two. For a while, it was just DirecTV, and I paid extra just to have that, just so I could watch the Reds. Yeah. And I'm a hardcore fan. We, we talk about it every week, and I go out of my way to do it. Someone who's just passing through, there's no way they can just be like, cool, now I'm watching the Reds. Yeah, I, I love the Reds. I begrudgingly have to pay additional for whatever app or thing I need to have on my TV just for the Reds. No, it's silly. It's beyond foolish. And there's so many things that base that they need to fix. And that's one of the things that Rob Manfred allowed to happen to continue to ruin the game. Yeah. I mean, it, all this keeps cascading into the, the next thing we're talking about oh here. Oh, my God. This might, be, my, this might be his worst. This this is like the cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Yeah, this is him. He's literally leaving his mark here uh, with this just gross decision. Why would you want to have your name attached to this? I mean, literally, even these players, I would not want to have my name <laughs> like on this dog shit no. uh, apparel. The New Jerseys are bad, and everyone is complaining about them, and as they should. Like, if you just look at it, Chris and I, both day jobs, work at apparel, okay? Looking at this, you can tell that they're cutting every corner possible. Yeah, they are sacrificing so much as far as the quality and keeping the price the same. So everything that uh, that you're purchasing with your a lot of money, 300 north of 400 for a lot of these jerseys, uh, you are not getting anywhere near that quality. No. And it, you can tell, and it starts with the patchwork. Like, if you were to look, uh, there's this guy, I'll put the, the, the link in the video description and in the pod description. There's a guy who broke down the authentic jerseys from 22, 23, and then this season coming up. The patchwork is so bad. Yeah, it, it's it's just fake. It doesn't even look... It, it, Definitely seems like the quality was just done like in a garage by someone that's designed to screw you. Yeah. Oh, dude. It, seriously, like that patch. How just took to you know to pull back the curtain a little bit. That is just a giant roll of 100% polyester patch material that they digitally print on, cut, and then heat press on. No longer are we going to get on an authentic jersey a fully embroidered, detailed patch. That is a fucking shame and a crime that one of the last few things with baseball that we can all agree upon that can't change and needs to still be of quality is an authentic jersey. 
Yeah, dude, I completely agree with that. And also, if you're like you're a baseball fan, you probably are already into like kind of like the, the old way of producing things. You like handmade stitch stuff. You really are familiar with like these uh, authentic jerseys. And when you get something like that, where you're used to seeing that uh, beveled, embroidered uh, in the stitching, and you get this thing where you, you just rub your like it doesn't even cast a shadow. It is just so flat. You can see it's embroidered on. It is all the quality was been zapped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sacrificed for just cheapness uh, all at your expense. It is such a ripoff. It is highway robbery. It's a sham. It is an absolute sham. This is something like if I was to buy an authentic jersey, say off of Amazon, and I got this, I'd be like calling it the Better Business Bureau. It was like, <laughs> I was screwed here. I clearly did not get what I purchased. You're telling me the players wear this on the field? If they do, then they're wearing something that came from DH Gate. And that is a quote from from an anonymous player saying they look like something from DH Gate. They look terrible. And you can even tell the whole time there's going to be a photo of this jersey. Mm-hmm. What you can see, too, with, with how they're cutting the corners, it's a little thing, but it's a big deal. They dropped the MLB logo from above the piping to below it. Mm-hmm. You know, And they, in, they decreased the letter size and shrunk all of it. So that way, it's easier to heat press all at one time. Yeah, it's all just sacrifice for how they're like fitting it on like their platens and everything. And how they're like, we got to shrink it more here because these things are real tiny and shitty. So yeah, everything you're gonna see like how they've quite literally cut corners. Yeah, ex- every single way that they could cut a corner, they did. And the material is so thin and cheap feeling. And they're saying, oh well, it's a. It's it's the new vapor. It's a vapor premiere. What do they they call it exactly? Hold on, I have the Nike Vapor Premiere. Well, all your revenue is about to be vaporizing because no one's going to be purchasing this bullshit. Pew, 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 pew. Chris, you fucking got him, dog. Gotcha, dude. Got him. Well, the whole thing they're going to say is, you know, it's made from one hundred percent recycled polyester. It's all recycled material. Okay. Uh- so I'm saying. Okay, so we can't call it out for being dog shit because it's recycled? Yeah, it's it's thin. It doesn't have a, a thick quality that I'm looking for. It's like, that's nice if that's, uh, uh, you know, if I was wanting to buy that. Yeah. But I don't want that material. I don't <laughs> want it either. I want a jersey material. <laughs> I don't want uh, this whatever marketing term you came up with that sounds like a vapor polyester. You're a flame. Oh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's dog shit. It's bad. And... Uh, again, uh, king of the dipshits, Rob Manfred came out and said, oh, well, players are complaining because they're not used to it because it's more of a performance shirt than a jersey. You can't say a jersey is a performance shirt because a performance shirt isn't a jersey. A jersey is a jersey. A performance shirt is a performance shirt. They wear performance shirts when they take batting practices. They wear jerseys when they're playing the games. That's horseshit. And to think that these professional athletes aren't familiar with like a, some sort of new athletic texture like polyester you're out of your goddamn mind and it's a reflection of like they just think the fans are so stupid they think like we just tell them whatever man it doesn't matter yeah they think we're just so fucking dumb they don't probably thought we wouldn't even notice but it was like the first thing we noticed because it's like the big thing every year it's like man you know i might get i might get a new jersey i'd like a i like a novi marte jersey mm-hmm. i'd like an authentic and then you look at it and you go whoa i'm not getting one the the nameplate on the back they aren't even embroidered numbers anymore. They say that they are 100% wool heat applied patches. They are no longer layered, beautiful, embroidered names 
and numbers. They look like the type of material you'd see like for like kids to have a jersey. You know, like this is a, a cool kids jersey when it's just all just printed on. Yeah. You can tell it's just like just something for a kid. Like none of it is elevated to like the degree that you want for like it doesn't reflect reflect god damn it doesn't reflect the price no it does not and the fact that what they've done with the names is such a travesty when you look at verlanders and how it's all crumpled and kind of going down his shoulders i'm like we didn't have this problem when we had people stitching and making the names yeah these guys that had like years and years of experience doing this stuff and now it's just like now no we got a dumb machine to do it yeah we got a dumb machine we got this giant roll basically that prints out like an inkjet printer we cut it and then we just get some kids in a factory to heat press them on real quick and it that's what it looks like and and a lot of a lot of players coming out and saying that it feels cheap it feels thin it doesn't look good I'm, I agree with them just from looking at it. I haven't gotten to, to – well, I felt last year's, like, the all-star jerseys were that material. And I was mm. like, this is bad. Mm. This is bad. And then <laughs> having these athletes come out and say this, there's only – some people are like, you know, I really like it. I think it's a good change. They're all fucking Nike athletes. It all comes down to money, baby. All this stuff. The Rob Manfred, the, the fucking uh, Fanatics jerseys, everything is about <laughs> – about money. Yeah. Oh, that's the big thing we didn't even touch on. So there, Nike is working in conjunction with Fanatics to make these. So which means they went to Fanatics. They're like, hey, how can you make this less painful for us to manufacture and quicker for you to manufacture? And they go, stalls heat press. That's how we're going to do it. <laughs> and we're just going to cut these rolls out. And here we go. Dude, it's crazy. Like the material that you're used to getting is nowhere going to be. It's it's essentially like uh, you're walking down a strip, like on Myrtle Beach or something, <laughs> and getting like a, a you know like a Florida style heat press. Yeah. You know, it should have like an alien up there, spring break, and then like a girl with titties. Yeah, and now it's just going to be like Joey Otani, four hundred and forty five dollars. Yeah, fuck you, four hundred forty five. <laughs> fuck you. You're you're gonna yeah, spring break Otani. <laughs> Oh, my God. So my whole thing with it is don't buy jerseys. Buy official MLBPA licensed shirts from InTheClutch.com. Promo code NASTYBOYS, all caps, get 10% off. Get something that doesn't feel like a thin piece of shit. Or, or look like a, a real thick piece of shit. Real bad. The name, the name plates just kill me, man. It's a shame. And I, this is, I was not expecting this from Nike. Yeah, it seems really weird. Uh, I still want to, like, Fanatics is the one I'm, I'm hoping it's just mostly them to blame because I really do sure. like Nike. Uh, well, I mean, I like their products. I don't like some of the stuff they've done. I do too, but here's the thing. Rob Manford came out and said, no, it was mostly Nike making the decisions on this. And I'm like, interesting. I, I don't buy that, though. I don't buy it, by the way, after we have worked in this industry and know what shit's supposed to look like. We know that, that that this is not because of quality. It is for speed. Yeah. No one thought this was going to look better. Everyone no. thought this would uh, increase uh, their bottom line. So I'm wondering if it's also one of those things where there's there's enough companies, there's enough hands involved where they think, like, well, we can't all be accused for it. So it's just, I don't know who's responsible sure. for this. I don't know. Maybe it's him. Maybe I don't know. Well, and also as, like a, as an avid sports fan of all different sports and have 
and have ordered from Fanatics before, mostly out of force, because you can't, you couldn't find like a Texas Rangers World Series hoodie anywhere else but fucking Fanatics. So I was forced to buy from him, and lo and behold, the hoodie was dog shit. Who would have thought? But that is what they're constantly doing. I think what Fanatics has done is basically they have just continued to slowly lower the bar until we get to the point where we just have to accept it because there's no one else you can get this stuff from. Same with trying to watch uh, a baseball game. There's so few options, and they don't care about the quality. Nope. So you're just screwed. It's, no. it's like it's this or nothing. Oh, my God. You are right on, dude. Mm-hmm. God. This episode is going to be called Lowering the Bar, This or Nothing. And people will be like, what? And I'll be like, watch it. But it's just a shame. I, I mean, and what also sucks is it's so easy for mainstream media to just pick up, ba- up anything from baseball and put it into a negative light. I mean, that's what ba- they've been doing to baseball since, you know, 1911. You know, there were articles going back to the early 30s of saying, is this finally the end of baseball? Like, everyone has been, no one's ever... It's never been a consistent, glowing review of baseball. It's had more of an uphill battle than most. Mm-hmm. So this just keeps adding to the flame of them talking shit. So this, again, doesn't help their cause. But what are we going to do? Ah, no, nothing. There's nothing we can do. Just If you know someone that has independent baseball gear, you know, even if it's baseball adjunct or MLBPA or MLB or anything off the beaten path, buy that instead and shove to the ballpark. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be a great year for some bootlegs. Dude, such a great year for bootlegs or player, like, player tees. So that's what that's the only way we can fight back and change this. And they'll be like, man, we had a dip in sales. I wonder why. And you look out and everyone's wearing like, oh, there's in the clutch, there's breaking tees, there's roto wear. No one's wearing jerseys. Yeah, because they suck. Yeah. They feel terrible. They feel bad. Just as long as New Era doesn't lose that baseball contract, I'll be happy for the hats. But they never will. So I feel good about that. You feel good about... Do you think Rob Manfred will hear that? Yeah, yeah. I think we solved it. (laughs) He's going to retire tomorrow. God, I hope so. Yeah, as soon as we drop this episode, he's like, you know what? I've heard enough. I'm done. He's going to listen. He's going to hear the part about you saying like, oh, yeah, that's what, that is what I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I should really work on my backswing there. It's, it's, it's all my leg, I guess. Oh, God, right, right here. It's, uh, is it because I'm dumb? Might be because I'm dumb. Yeah. Eh, it could be because I'm dumb. Yeah, whatever. He's on Callaway.com right now trying to buy condoms. <laughs> None of them seem to fit. Yeah. These weird head covers are too big. <laughs> do I put them over my balls? <laughs> Oh, what a fucking piece of shit. Uh, Let's round third and head for home, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, What do you have coming up? Uh, I have uh, Motormouth this Thursday. Come check it out. It is a future science uh, edition, so the future science gang will be out there. And I do have to make a a correction. We are doing future science. I got my Mays and my Marches mixed up. Oh, buddy. (laughs) It's going to be May 26th, not March or something or other. So cool that so this thursday motormouth come check that out and then in may we'll see you back there again for future science nice what about you buddy um with you at the end of march uh march 21st oh this is an update for you march 21st second sight spirits that show is on nice march 21st so i'll be post about that uh i think i got some others i don't really have anything much else in between aside from sunday fcc home opener so if you see me at tql stadium Come say hi. 
then that Wednesday, I met TQL Stadium because they have that other home match. So that's where I'll be until baseball season starts. Oh, baby, we're so close. God, we're almost there. Uh, I already did the end and clutch thing. Buy independent baseball gear. Uh, do that. Support that. Do that all the time. Uh, thanks to Sports Drink for hosting the audio of this podcast. And uh, thanks for having me in the Fart Dunge. Hey, anytime, buddy. It's so fun, you know. And uh, thanks to you for watching, listening, and as always, go Red Legs. Go Red Legs.